Today, we are going to wrap up our series that we've been in since before Thanksgiving called A King and a Kingdom. All right? So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us, and we're going to dive in. All right? We're going to dive in. All right? Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for today. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. God, it's alive, it's living, it's active. And I pray that, Jesus, you would speak to us this morning. Help us to have full hearts, full minds, attentive hearts and minds, leaning into who you are, because, God, I think you want to do something really uh, special here in the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. UK won last night. Anybody fired up? I feel about the same way. But there's a new Star Wars movie out. Hallelujah. No, no. Y'all need to get saved. All right. All right, all right. Well, here's what we're doing. Today we are wrapping up our series, man. We've been in this for five weeks called A King and a Kingdom. And we've been preparing our hearts and our minds for Christmas. And we've been talking about how, we've been talking about for four weeks that Jesus is a king who has a kingdom that will last forever. Well, today we are going to talk about that kingdom that is going to last forever, okay? And so if you, if you were to actually have been around Jesus, I mean, if you would have been around physically Jesus Christ when he walked the earth 2,000 years ago, it is really a good possibility that we could have guaranteed what Jesus would have wanted to talk to you about. And what Jesus would have wanted to talk to you about is this thing called the kingdom of God. Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of God. In Mark chapter 1, verses 15, the very first thing that Jesus says is about the kingdom of God. Jesus starts his ministry, the gospel of Mark says, by saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's how Jesus starts his ministry. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says that after the resurrection, Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples. And Acts 1, 3 says that for all 40 of those days before Jesus went back to heaven, he talked to the disciples about the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of God. So what is it? What is the kingdom of God? Well, there's a, a guy named Jeff Christofferson, and Jeff Christofferson says this. He says that the kingdom of God is what the world looks like when King Jesus gets his way. I love that because it's so simple, so bottom shelf. We can all understand that, that the kingdom of God is what the world looks like when Jesus gets his way. And see, when we think about the kingdom of God, theologians, Bible scholars usually talk about the kingdom of God in a couple of different ways. And, and really what people say about the kingdom of God is that the kingdom of God is an already not yet reality. Let me say that again. That the kingdom of God is an already not yet reality. And here's what that means. It means that the kingdom of God has already come in a sense. It's already come. The kingdom of God has already come in the lives of every single follower of Jesus. I mean, we just sang about Jesus. We celebrate Jesus every week. Jesus has changed a lot of our lives. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, the kingdom of God has broke into your heart. That's why you're different. That's why you're being changed. It's because there's a new kingdom inside of you, inside of your life. So the kingdom of God has come into your life. But don't you find that you still seem to struggle with the same stuff you struggle with for a long time? Anybody? Man, I do. Same kind, you know, I, I struggle with attitudes I've been dealing with. I struggle with the way that I talk a lot of times and, and just, the, just the tone that I use. Struggle with my thought life and, and all kinds of different things. And, and see, the reason for that, the reason that we're brand new, but the reason we still struggle is that, the, yeah, the kingdom of God's a reality in my life and yours if you're a follower of Jesus, but it hasn't come perfectly yet. 
The kingdom of God's broke into the world. Every time you look at the world and you see, you see diseases being healed or sickness being healed, that's the kingdom of God coming into the world because when the kingdom of God fully comes, Revelation says, there's no death, mourning, sickness, crying. So every time a disease is healed, that's the kingdom of God coming into the world. But there's still disease, isn't there? There's still sickness, isn't there? So the kingdom of God has come, but it hasn't come fully. And so here's what I want to say to us today. When Jesus Christ comes back, he is bringing the kingdom of God with him. So let's think about this way. Let's think about this way. See, at Christmas, at Christmas, we celebrate the first time that Jesus came. Do we not? At Christmas, we celebrate the first time that Jesus came. At Christmas, we celebrate the first time that Jesus comes. And at Christmas, we also look forward to when he's coming back. That's what Advent is. That's why we're lighting those candles. We remember that he came, and we also remind ourselves he's going to do that again. He is coming back. And so at Christmas, we remember that he came, but we look forward to the second coming of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. What are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to right now? Everybody in the room is looking forward to something. Maybe you're looking forward to something you're going to open up next Sunday morning on Christmas Day, right? Maybe that. Maybe you are, uh, maybe you're looking a little bit beyond Christmas Day. Maybe you're looking forward to graduation. You know, you got graduation coming up in 2017, maybe in May, December, or something like that. You're looking forward to that. Maybe you're looking forward to getting married. You're engaged. You're looking forward to a promotion, maybe. Looking forward to a raise. Maybe you're going to turn 16 next year and you're looking forward to that. What are you looking forward to? I think that what God would want to do in the room right now over the next uh, just few minutes as we're together, I think that God might actually want to raise our expectations because whatever you're looking forward to, that's fine and that's good. There's, there's nothing really wrong with that. But I think that God would want to raise our expectations and so that we would begin to look forward to an event that's going to impact whenever it happens Every single thing we are looking forward to. And that thing that's going to impact everything that we are looking forward to is the second coming of Jesus. So I want you to take a Bible and I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 24, okay? Matthew chapter 24. Open it up on your phone or whatever or uh, hope I, I think the words are going to be on the screen behind me. We're going to walk through this passage here in Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, we're going to be in verses 36 through 44, okay? Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. Now, I want to remind us today that Jesus is coming back, okay? Look at somebody next to you and say, Jesus is coming back. Go ahead and do it, because Jesus is coming back. Did you know that? So, so maybe you needed to be reminded that we, that we are, that we are going forward at a thousand miles an hour to when Jesus comes back. And so when we think about Jesus coming back, the first thing that Jesus says is it is going to happen. Jesus coming back is going to happen. Listen to what he says in verse 36 of Matthew chapter 24. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So the first thing Jesus says is that he is coming back. It is going to happen. Let me ask you this. Have you ever, um, have you ever been through an event, maybe you, your family, or whatever? Have you, ever, have you ever been through an event that just changed everything for your life? You ever done that? 
You ever been through something, and, and, and you knew from that moment, you knew, I mean, you knew while it was happening, it was never going to be the same since. Like, it was never going to be the same. Moving forward, this event changes everything. Parents, parents, do you remember what it was like before you had kids? Right? Some of you affectionately call those the glory days. Right? Do you remember what it was like before you had kids? 11 o'clock at night. Hey, you want to go to the movies? Yes! Let's go. You go out to eat whenever you wanted to. Oh, it was amazing. Never mind. I got three. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and then you had kids, right? And all of a sudden, man, when you had kids, listen, I remember uh, when we had our oldest daughter, Cassidy, when we, listen, it did not take long to realize, oh, my gosh, it's never going to be the same. I mean, all of a sudden, just going to the movies took an act of Congress, Right? I mean, you had to make sure, or, or going out to eat, you had to make sure that the baby seat was in the car. And you had to make sure you had enough toys. And you had to make sure that you had enough diapers. And you had to make sure you had enough formula. And oh my gosh, we got down the road, we didn't bring the baby. Right? I mean, come on. I mean, it was just, it, it changed everything. See, when Jesus came the very first time, what we celebrate at Christmas, when Jesus came the first time, it changed everything. And listen, even if you're not a Christian, you have to admit that's true because, I mean, we even, we even split time according to the birth and death of Jesus Christ, don't we? B.C. and A.D., right? B.C., before Christ, A.D., what? After death. I mean, I mean, Jesus split time the first time that he came. But listen, when Jesus comes back, he's going to split time once again. When Jesus comes back... He is going to split time all over again. And church, look at me. It is going to be sudden. It is going to be unseen. And it is going to happen. There's not going to be a press conference from the President of the United States that's going to interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to tell you that Jesus is coming back in 30 minutes. It is going to happen. And Jesus even says it this way, that nobody knows when except for the Father. Only the Father knows when Jesus is coming back. And when it says there in that verse that only the Father knows, what you need to realize is that that is a day and a time nailed down on the calendar of the God of the universe. That on God's calendar, if God could open up his phone or his calendar on his desk or whatever he's got, and, God would, and we were to see the calendar of the God of the universe, we would see a day circled and fixed in ink. I mean, it's not in pencil. This is not open to negotiation. It is on God's calendar the day and the time when Jesus is coming back. Think about this for a, th- think about this for a second. Think about everything that Jesus is going to interrupt when he comes back. Think about that. There's going to be somebody, there's going to be a couple supposed to get married and Jesus comes back. There's going to be a family celebrating the birth of the first child, their first child, their first child, their first grandkids, and then all of a sudden Jesus comes back. There's going to be somebody mourning at the graveside of a loved one who is a follower of Christ and there's hope in their heart, but they're trying to figure out how are we going to go on without them and then all of a sudden Jesus is going to come back and there's going to be this reunion instantly that they didn't realize. Think about that for a second. There's going to be a family at a table. There's going to be a family at a table and they're looking at their bills and they're looking at how much money is in the bank and it's not coming together and they are worried and scared to death about how ends are going to meet and then Jesus is going to come back and they're not worried about that anymore. It's going to be somebody at work, somebody at a restaurant, 
It's going to be somebody at the movies, somebody's taking a selfie, and then boom, Jesus comes back. Jesus is going to interrupt all of our plans if we are alive on that day. And the reason we bring that up is just to remind ourselves that our agenda is not the biggest agenda. Did you know that? My agenda is not the biggest agenda in the world, and neither is yours. The agenda that is driving the world at this moment is God's agenda. And on God's agenda is Jesus coming back. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. Now, now, I've been in a lot of church services just like you've been. And this is on somebody's face right now. What's on somebody's face right now is this. You know what, Mark? I've heard this before, and I believe that Jesus is coming back. I'm totally with you, but it probably won't happen today. Probably won't happen this week, Mark. Well, I mean, we've been looking for this for thousands of years. I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. And that's why the next thing that we need to see that Jesus tells us about his second coming is that we have less time than we think we do. We have less time than we think we do. Let's read the rest of these verses here, verses 37 through 41. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. See, Jesus says that when he comes back, it's going to be just like it was in the days of Noah. Now, everybody here is probably familiar in some way, shape, or form with the story of Noah, right? If not, here's what happened in the story of Noah. God tells Noah that it's going to rain. It's going to flood the earth. Noah needs to build a boat because God is basically going to destroy everything because of how sinful it got. Well, several things make this complicated. Number one, it had never rained. Number two, there were no boats. So a boat is an odd thing, okay? And then number three, God gives Noah this assignment of Noah. Go around to everybody that you know and tell them that the world is ending. And you're building a boat, and they need to get on it. Well, how would you respond if somebody walked up to you and said that to you in Walmart, right? Listen, I know you're shopping for your kids for Christmas, but the world's ending. Don't worry, I got a boat. Exactly. You would back away slowly and pray they don't eat you, right? You would think they're crazy. Listen, everybody thought Noah was insane. Everybody thought Noah was crazy. Everybody, listen, when people heard what Noah said, do you know what they said to each other? They said the same thing that you're saying to yourself, and they said the same thing that we say to each other when we talk about this stuff, probably got more time. I bet it's not going to happen today. Listen, if the world is going to end... Probably won't happen right now. If Jesus is going to come back, I bet we've got more time than we, I bet we've got a lot of time left. It's probably not going to happen anytime soon. And what we need to realize is that you and I have less time than we think we do. Do you understand that? That we have less time than we think we do? I don't mean to freak you out, but can I for a second? Can I freak you out? Good, I'm going to. I've got the microphone. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says this. I don't know if you can see it. It says this. It is appointed for man once to die. Look on the screen. Do you see that word appointed? You see that word? Do you know what that means? 
It means also on God's calendar is the day that Jesus is coming back, but also on God's calendar is the day that I die and the day that you die. See, God, listen to me, listen to me. God has it nailed down to the day, to the second, to the hour and minute when your life is going to end. I mean, it, it is, the Bible says, appointed. Say, well, I got good genes. Mark, listen, I hear that, man, but I work out, and I eat organic, and I take all my vitamins. I sleep eight hours a day. Well, well Mark, I'm young. Uh, well, well, Mark, I'm in, I'm in relatively good shape. Listen, hallelujah for all that, and it's still appointed for you to die for all of it. It's appointed for us to die, and then comes the judgment. So it is nailed down the time when I'm going to die, and then right after that is the judgment where I'm going to stand, where you are going to stand in front of God. And listen, on, on, the, on the docket that day for the judgment, when you stand in front of God, God is not going to ask you if you went to church. God's not going to ask us if we were good people. God's not even going to ask anybody if we believed in him. God is just simply going to ask us one question. Was Jesus your Lord? Did you give your life to Jesus Christ? See, we have less time than we think. Imagine if God told you today when Jesus was coming back. I think that you'd respond in a lot of different ways, but one way you'd respond is you would take a step back and you would say, man, we've got less time than we think we do. I mean, Jesus even uses this analogy right here. He says, two men will be in the field, one will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one taken, and one left. What's that mean? Less time. Less time. Less time. I met Jesus when I was 18 years old on the day in April 1996 when one of my best friends was killed in a car accident. She was 18. And then about two years later, Another one of my very good friends, who at that time was just a sophomore in high school, he passed away suddenly. And then a few years later, several other people connected to me that everyone thought had more time. They had no time. See, Jesus is coming back, Summit. Did you know that? And we have less time than we think we do. Did you know that? It does not matter if you are into this or not. I'm just laying it on the table for you. We have less time than we think we do. So what we need is we need, last thing, we need to get ready. We need to get ready. Listen to what he says here, verse 42 through 44. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what, day or on what day your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. We had a, um, we had a security system installed in our house earlier this year. Uh, not, for, not because something happened, just for precaution, you know. Uh, so we had a, a security system installed. And, and it's cool, it's nice. But you know what I wish would happen? I wish that uh, people who would break into your house, I wish they'd call and make appointments first. Because that would be way more convenient, would it not? 
Like they would just call and say, hey, we've been watching your house for the past couple of weeks. We're thinking about coming Tuesday at 2 o'clock to steal your entertainment system, TV, jewelry, anything you got in the house. Is that fine? You look at your calendar. Yeah, I'm actually free Tuesday at 2. I'll make sure that all the kids and me, we're all, I'll make sure we're all at the huddle house or something. We're all out. I'll, in fact, I'll go ahead and unplug everything so you can just take it. You don't have to rip it out of the walls, do more damage. Tuesday at 2 is great, right? Wouldn't that be awesome if they just, if they just call first? But they don't call, do they? They just show up, and you're asleep, and you got to get up, and you got to go through your house, and you're scared to death too, and you're freaking out, and you don't know what's going on. They just show up unannounced. Jesus will do that. He won't seek your calendar. He doesn't care what's on your agenda. He's just going to show up. And so what he says for us is you need to be ready, Summit. So I am ready. I got saved when I was little, and so me and the big man upstairs, we're on good terms. Bro, it's deeper than that. Praise God that you did something when you were little. But when Jesus says, be ready, when Jesus says, you need to be ready because I am coming back, what that means is we have less time than we think, so we need, if there is anything in our lives we need to get rid of, we need to change, if there is anything that we know God is telling us to do and we've been making excuses not to do it, what are we waiting for? We need to go ahead and make that move because Jesus is coming. We need to get ready. I remember when Elena and I, I remember when uh, my wife and I, I remember when we were dating, Okay? And when we were dating, every time we were about to, see, every time I knew I was going to see Elena, there's a couple things I always did. One, I always took a shower. Always. Always. Needed one or not, took a shower. Number two, number two, second thing I did is I tried to look good. Now, some of you are looking at me thinking, that probably wasn't really hard for you, was it? And I got to admit, it wasn't. It wasn't. It just comes naturally. It just comes naturally to me. All right? Number three, number three. I'd make sure the car was clean. Some of you fellas are not writing this down. Pray, uh, listen, I'm praying you get a date before Jesus comes back. Some of y'all, you're be taking notes right now. Clean the car out, man. Want that car to look good, smell good, look good on the inside now? Why would I do that? Here's why. Because I cared about her. You say, you need to get ready. If you care about me, you need to get your life ready. Or think about it like this. If you have company come to your house, what do you do? Well, you clean a little bit, right? You get ready. I mean, some of you, you clean. Others of you, you just throw everything in the closet and pray nobody opens that door, right? Listen, listen. If Jesus, if Jesus were to come back today, what needs to change in your life before that happens? If Jesus were to come back today at 2 o'clock, what do you need to change in your life before 2 o'clock today? Because here's what I guarantee. If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt Jesus Christ was coming back today at 2 o'clock, you would make that change, would you not? Well, here's my question. Why don't you do it now? Well, you make that change now. See, Jesus is coming back. He came once, he is coming again. And we have less time than we think, and so we need to get ready. And so here's my question, and then you're free to go. Are you ready? Are you ready for the second coming of Jesus? I mean, at Christmas, we celebrate that he came once. I promise you, he is going to do it again. Are you ready? 
Is there something that God's been telling you to do and you just keep making excuses not to do it? Maybe you're here today and you know God wants you to get baptized. Why don't you take that step? Maybe you're here today and you know God wants you to stop kind of playing on the sidelines of this church and he wants you to jump in. He wants you to serve and become a partner and an active part in this church. Why don't you do that? What are you waiting on? Maybe God wants you to ask somebody for forgiveness. Maybe you need to go go to somebody and reconcile a relationship. Maybe you've got a sin in your life that you've been trying to excuse and make and, and and try to cover up. What are you waiting on? You need to get that thing out of your life. Maybe there's this thing in your life, this relationship, and you know that it's not good for you physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's not good for you anyway. God's telling you to get out. Everybody else is, and you just keep justifying it. What are you waiting on? You need to make the decision, but here's what you need to do. We need to get ready because Jesus is coming back. And just as some of you are saying, that dude is crazy. They said the same thing about Noah, and they said the same thing about Jesus, and then suddenly, there he was. And maybe you're here today, and you're thinking, man, we've been talking about this for thousands of years. What, what's he, I wonder what he's waiting on, if anything. You ever thought about that? I mean, we've been talking about this since he left the first time, 2,000 years ago. What's he waiting on? You know what he's waiting on? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says that God is not slow in keeping his promises, but God wants everyone to repent so that no one would perish. You know what God's waiting on? He might be waiting on you. He might be waiting on you. The Bible says that, that when the gospel is spread all over the world, when every tongue, when every tribe hears, then the end will come. That's why some of our Christmas offering is going to international missions, so that we want Jesus named and worshipped in, in the farthest parts of the world. But you know what? Maybe today he's waiting on you because you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I remember, remember when I was in Bible college and I took a class on evangelism. And one of the things they uh, talked about in that class, different ways to just tell people about Jesus. And one of the things they said, uh, one of the things, it's a question, it's a pretty popular question, maybe you've heard it, but they taught, uh, they, they talked about asking people the question, if you were to die tonight and God asked you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? See, it is appointed for every man to die once and then comes the judgment. If you died tonight, And God looked at you and said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Oh, my my daddy was a preacher and my granddad was a deacon. Well, I was a good person. Well, I went to church a couple of times. Well, you know what? I got wet one time. I got baptized when I was really little. You know what? I was better than my neighbor, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what the only right answer is? God says, why should I let you into heaven? And you look back and say, the only hope that I have is Jesus Christ. The only reason you should let me in is because Jesus took my place. It's because I gave him my life in this life, and he's my hope. That's the only hope that I have is Jesus. Listen, listen. You don't make that decision for the first time right there. You make it in this life. If you have never given your life to Jesus, I promise you, you got less time than you think you do. Don't let anything stop you from making that call today. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that right now, right now, right now, right now, We are closer to your return than we were when this hour started. And we're closer, if this this day, if you don't come back today, we're closer at the end of the day than we were this morning. And we'll be closer tomorrow and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and the day after that. But one day, you are coming back. And so God, I pray that you'd wake us up right now. Wake us up and remind us 
that you are coming, that we've got less time than we think, and that we need to get ready. So with that, it's a question that's, that's in the air this morning. I just want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ? Is there anything in your life that you need to, to get rid of today? Is there anything in your life that, you, that, that the Holy Spirit is showing you right now and, is, and he's saying to you, hey, you know what? You need to deal with this. You need to deal with this right now, today. If that's you, would you just let, slip your hand up so I can pray for you today? Just put your hand high in the air if you're here today and you would say, you know what, Mark? There's something in my life that I need to deal with. There's something in my life I need to stop making excuses for. There's something in my life I need to stop justifying. Here's a hand right up here. There's something in my life that I need to stop ignoring. There's another hand right over there in the back. There is something in my life that is in the way of my relationship with Jesus. And if he were to come back today, I want to be ready. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, I got something in my life I need to deal with. Anyone else? God bless you for those hands. Bless you for those hands. Bless you for that hand right there. Now, have you ever given your life to Jesus? To your Lord? To your Savior? Do you have a relationship with Him? See, I'm not asking you if you're perfect. Nobody is. But do you know Him? If you're here today, and you are not a follower of Jesus. I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer right now. And this prayer, you can pray right there where you sit. And you don't have to clean yourself off first. Try to improve yourself. What you need to do is just as that old song says, you need to come just as you are to Jesus. With all of your stuff, all of your past and baggage and say, Jesus, forgive me. I give you my life today. If today you wanna do that for the first time, that's how getting ready for the second coming of Jesus starts, by having a relationship with him. If you do not have a relationship with him, pray this prayer with me today and begin to follow him. Pray this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you today for the very first time. Jesus, I wanna follow you for the rest of my life, but I need your help. Help me to live for you today and every day from this point forward. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and coming back from the dead for me. In your name I pray, amen. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if today you just prayed to give your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, would you just raise your hand high in the air right now so that I can see that hand and celebrate it with you? Just raise it right now, really high. Say, today I gave my life to Jesus for the first time. Today I'm giving my life to Jesus. I wanna be saved today. Just go ahead and put that hand up. Father, I thank you that one day Jesus is coming back. That's what Christmas reminds us, that he came once, he's gonna do it again. And so God, I pray that we would stay awake, that we would do whatever it takes to, to share the message of Jesus, that we would be kind and we would love our neighbor, Father, that we would be bold, God, that we would, that we would take a risk so that other people would know you. Jesus, you are coming back. Wake us up to that reality today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, let's thank God for today. Let's thank God that Jesus came once and he is coming back. All right? It is so easy to just live our lives and forget that message. So here's what we're asking. There's volunteers all over the back of this auditorium. I would love for you to take your connection card and fill that out before you leave, okay? Any decision you make today, maybe you do need to get baptized. Hey, take that step. Check that box on the back of the card and let us know. Are you want to serve? You want to become a partner? Uh, check those things on the back of the card and drop it off. If you've got questions about the church or anything like that, I'm going to be at the welcome table in the back. I'd love to meet you. 
really quick. But guys, listen. Wednesday at 7 is our big Christmas service. Tomorrow night at 7, we're doing the digital mission trip, so you'll see it go out on, on, online everywhere. Next Sunday morning, we are not having church, okay? It's Christmas Sunday, and we are not having church for two reasons. One is because there is a city employee that has to be in this building every single time we have church, and that's also true for, at our Whitesburg campus. City employees have to be there as well. We, wanna, we don't want to separate those people from their families. And two, we want to give our volunteers at both campuses the day off, just to thank them for what they do every single week. We couldn't do it without them. So there is no church next week, okay, next Sunday, but we will be here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Come and bring every person you've ever met in your entire life. All right? You guys are dismissed. Love you guys. See y'all.